Now listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast. Welcome back, one and all. The Bannerman are back for episode 39. Not a whole lot going on in Kingsland. A few things here and there that we'll touch on. The Stanley Cup playoffs are deep, deep into it. How are you this evening, Vardy? I'm good, buddy. I'm back stateside. Uh was gone for a little bit which is why we delayed our uh episode a touch not that there's a ton kings wise to talk about but certainly hockey's still going on last i checked it is still going on yes mm-hmm. and it is mm-hmm. a very very interesting time but we'll get into it since we don't have too much hockey to cover i would like to hear about your trip to japan vardy and i'm sure our listeners are just waiting with bated breath that's right for for this episode of Bannerman Trip Advisor. There you go. Uh, so no, it was, was awesome, it? man. It was awesome. You've you've been to Tokyo. I've been there. This is your second time. It is. It is indeed my second time. Uh, first time was for a couple days as part of my honeymoon, uh, and immediately knew that that was somewhere that we wanted to go again. Uh, this time was a few days of business, but mostly just hanging around in Tokyo and having a good old time. It's. It's quickly becoming like my favorite city, possibly in the world. <laughs> but wow! Obviously, it's not it's not feasible. It's tough to judge when you're only been there for like ten days at a time on vacation, like living there wise. But my favorite city to vacation in, for sure, no question. I haven't been in ten years, but I remember coming back from that and being absolutely in love with Tokyo. So I gotta go back now. Um, I'm sure my wife heard that you're in Tokyo and now she's eager to go because she hasn't been. Yeah. So I'm going to have to plan Sorry, this buddy, out. Sorry, I set the bar a little high for you there. It's okay. It's fine. No problem. <laughs> Just, uh, start saving up. And <laughs> <laughs> that That is one thing that I highly advise. Like Tokyo is not a cheap place and you could get by doing cheap things, but it's like Vegas. Like if you go to Vegas and you're looking to do – you know, get by as cheap as possible, you're probably not going to enjoy Vegas a ton. Right. It's a lot like New York too, which I recently visited. Everyone was like, oh, you know, New York is so outlandishly expensive. But it's like, hey, man, if you're going to go to a nice place and you want to do like cool things, it's expensive everywhere. It doesn't – it's – you know, LA is just as expensive if you want to eat at a nice place or see a good show or something like that. Just as expensive. So it all depends on your experience there what did you eat vardy in japan what didn't i eat let's start with that uh i bet you ate sushi i did but in fact i kept it to a minimum only because i felt that i could get sushi and i I, you know good sushi you can find everywhere obviously it's a little different in tokyo um but definitely had sushi straight in the fish market um had uni that was like (laughs) Killed seconds before I ate it, right. that kind of thing. <laughs> right, um, in front of you. In front of me, they despiked it. Nice. Um, yeah, man, just all sorts. So much ramen, so much ramen. Yeah, I hear ramen. Just like phenomenal amounts. Fast food, almost. <laughs> I so interesting thing actually to kind of to parlay it a bit into uh, a sports thing. I texted you from there because I actually went to a baseball game. Yes, you in did in Tokyo. And uh, it was an experience. It's it's the most interesting, uh, most most Japanese of sporting events I've ever seen because these people go insane. Okay, it's a completely regular season game. It was like the third game in a four game series between the uh, the Giants, the Tokyo of, Giants. Yeah, the, 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 the Tokyo Giants, but they have like another sub name that which the Yomanuri Giants. Gotcha. Gotcha. And they're playing the uh, Dragons. And the <laughs> Giants logo looks exactly like the San Francisco Giants right, logo, right, right down I've to the colors. This. Yeah. And the Dragons uniform and logo looks exactly like the Dodgers logo. Interesting. And and uh, we, were, we were vacationing with uh, my wife's cousin, and he pointed out that that uh, the great Tom Selleck yes. had a movie <laughs> – 
Yes. <laughs> Mr. Baseball, yes, he where did. he was a member of the Dragons. That's right. And in Major League Two, mm. the Cleveland Indians recruit a player from the Tokyo Giants. There you go. So once again, movies teach us all, folks. That's that's what really what we're coming at here. Um, but the most interesting thing is that um, when when so they have like sections of the of the crowd. It's like the Giants fans sit here, the Dodgers fans, Dodgers, the Dragons fans sit here, and if your team is up to bat, the entire crowd goes ape for the entire time that the team is on offense. And there's two or three volunteers in the rafter section that actually lead on the cheering with drums and flags and you name it. And they have signals and the crowd knows exactly which song or chant to take on based on their signals. And they do this for however long their team is up to bat. So the first inning we were there, the giants batted in five runs so I think they they batted through the entire like line twice. It was insane. They just could not not wow. hit a pitch. And so these guys were just running out of cheers. Like I could not imagine. <laughs> and the entire time it's happening, the Dragons crowd is just sitting there. They're not they're not making a noise, they're not booing, they're not doing a damn thing, right? So finally after the Giants get five runs, the the Dragons guys come up to bat. And every single Giants fan sits down nicely, quietly, stops cheering, and then it's the turn of the Dragons fans to stand up and they do the exact same thing while their team's at bat. And they just went back and forth like (laughs) completely respectful of one another's team. Unbelievable. If they made a great defensive play, it was like polite applause, like a golf golf game. And nothing more. There was no jeering. There was nothing. And I'm pretty sure all 12,000 or however many fans there were lined up for handshakes after the game (laughs) (laughs) and that's how it ended they are such a respectful country in general it was amazing but they were so into the game they were so into the game and yet they could be both super into it and super fans more than i've seen probably at any any event i've been at for the duration of the game in the u.s and yet just at the end of it they were like hey guys good game let's all go home we'll back back for the next one like they never booed the other team there was no you know there was no so and so you suck beating of the opponent fan no one got stabbed okay no one got stabbed and then the best part was um the second floor of of the stadium was the food court and i sent you photos from there and they have your usual you know hot dogs pizza what have you but the entire second floor of this thing is just food stand after food stand after food stand of different things including full bowls of ramen you can get a full bowl of ramen and go sit and watch your baseball game that's <laughs> and, outstanding and one last thing they have uh beer girls walking around the stadium with mm. pony kegs on their back like a backpack wow and they just they come around and they fill your <laughs> your cup depending on what you want. And if you buy from one person, she will come back and check on you like every 15 minutes to make sure that you don't want another cup. And it was just set up that way. And there was like 12 different brands of beer. And, you know, if, if you were loyal to one brand, she was loyal to you and she would just keep coming back and making sure you were well hydrated. Just phenomenal, phenomenal stuff, man. Sometimes I do wonder why we live here <laughs> when I hear stories like this i mean it's a beautiful don't get me wrong i love I mean, it and all that but sometimes i do wonder when i when i visit another country or whatever i i come back and i'm like man why am like why do i spend all my time here or at least almost all my time i here? mean some of it is like you you really can't right like unless of you have course. one of those jobs where you can go everywhere and spend frivolously it's difficult to do it especially to go to japan but I guess my my thing was how is none of this stuff made it stateside? Like why is it that we've decided that the fan experience, hockey games, football games, whatever it is, is the way it is and we can't even look at how things done are, are done in different countries for different events and be like, hey man, that's a that is a great idea there. Why can't we incorporate that? Like why is it that we don't have, you know, 
pure girls going or not even girls, but like actual little kegs, you know, running around, filling up your cup. You have to like get up and actually go stand in line and get a beer half the time, unless it's one of those events where they actually come around and they hand it to you. Or why don't we have more food options or why are we not more respectful of like opposing teams fans right. in that way? Right. Like, uh, it's not feasible. It comes obviously, down in hockey, to, like, but, I think it comes you know. down to a cultural difference. Yeah. Probably. Um, if I, have the fortune of going back to japan i want to go to a professional wrestling show in japan because they are the fans there take it so seriously they look they know it's a work they know it's not quote unquote real but the way it's like they're in on it they're in on the act and they they suspend their disbelief for however much time and they're respectful to the wrestler they're respectful to the product um they don't try to hijack the show like they do in the states and everything. so that's one thing I, I know you and i have been to a sumo show right in long beach which was fantastic which by the way it's apparently it's like now the second uh best place to see a sumo match is long beach, is right? right yeah i was reading an article about this um, your options are tokyo and yeah long it's beach. like the, it's like if tokyo's you know kind of like the, the king of sumo like long beach is now the prince of wow. sumo. so that's pretty cool but yeah um i'm gonna have to go back hopefully sooner than later i will go back yeah and uh i will participate in the mario kart race oh <laughs> yes i did that too like you participate in i definitely did that too yeah it was uh it was something man and so much fun um yeah no it's that's good, man. It's words. Words cannot do it justice. Did, I uh, really hand, enjoyed my. Did you handle the flights okay? Yeah, actually, uh, ten hours, eleven hours. Yeah. Uh, I got very fortunate on one of my flights. I got to watch the entirety of the Capitals Hurricanes game seven, including into the second overtime. Very nice. Which was a nice four and a half hour block. I couldn't believe my luck. Yeah. Um. So that was enjoyable. I watched a ton of movies. Yep. Yep, as including you do on, one. Uh, I'll, I'll list off some of the ones that I watched. Okay, but I'm going to save the one that I want you to know about to the end. Okay. I watched a documentary on Bill Murray. Uh-huh, I don't know nice. if you've seen this. I think it's, I may have seen it floating around. Yeah, it's like an hour long thing, it. basically, yeah. like going over all the Bill Murray legends that are out there and being like, "That can't be true. That can't be true." Like he didn't show up to some dude's wedding and like give a toast randomly, or he didn't show up at a bar and start bartending and no matter what you ordered he gave you tequila he did all of those things and it's all (laughs) documented and this guy went around and found the people who were there for those stories and found videos and photos and whatnot and he did this all in an attempt to he himself meet bill murray and it's just it's the wonderful little thing man it's a it's a very it's funny but at the same time it's in weird ways it's very inspirational i know how much you like bill murray so that would be one of those things i am a fan I am a fan. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I watched Moonlight. I hadn't seen that. I have not seen that either. It's okay. I, I wasn't really sure why what the hype was about. Like, why, like, was, you know, anyway. Uh, it was a good movie, I guess. Um, what else did I watch? Well, anyway, I can't remember. But the one that I watched that I wanted you to know about, mm-hmm. I finally watched Venom. Uh-huh. And what did you think? I liked it. I told you, bitch. <laughs> I told you. I told you it was good. And, okay. And you. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> that was a. Hmm. Listen. This is taking a turn. When I told you, you had skepticism on your face, in your voice. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I told you it was good. Wrong tomatoes. Critics are not always right, my friend. <sighs> It was good, right? Some of, some of it, granted, I went into it sure. thinking to myself, like, I haven't watched this movie for two years. I'm on a plane. I'm not paying for it. How bad could it be? And Gato said he liked it. And I, maybe I just went in there with the right mindset and the right setting, but I enjoyed it. It was funny. I, I it, <laughs> it had moments where it was funny. I'm yes. not going to lie to you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> some parts were just, like, stupid funny. Mm-hmm. The, where they actually made it so, like... Venom refers to himself as kind of a loser on his planet. <laughs> it's like it's kind of it's kind of funny. Um, oh man! No, I Good enjoyed times. it. I mean, where it fits in in terms of like 
canon and you know all that stuff i don't yeah, know you like got, you can't worry about that to enjoy yeah, the yeah, movie. yeah yeah like, just... it's like a self-contained flick i enjoyed it and there was little call outs to you know marvel history and whatnot like with with you know the initial astronaut who comes back and is alive right. being jameson now in the comics that's obviously j Jonah jameson's son and whatnot and then towards the end having the little uh easter egg with woody harrelson of all people being cletus cassidy you yep. know yep. potentially yep. carnage in the future iterations um cool little things i enjoyed it nice right? i feel i enjoyed vindicated. it you are indeed um yeah uh i saw endgame last night don't don't so, don't you do it well there's the answer i, I haven't you, okay i haven't All seen right. it okay because i was in japan and i haven't had a chance so fine, fine. was it good uh yes shut up i told you not to tell me <laughs> it's good it's a good movie damn um, it ruined everything anyway maybe next episode we can maybe maybe there are some fans who haven't seen it either yeah um, don't spoil it for so people. no spoilers Fine. sorry i spoiled venom for anyone who hasn't seen it yet yeah it's I been didn't two go years into that i think the statute detail. of limitations is uh, is up um what else before we move on to hockey oh uh game of thrones you've been you've been catching up you up to date with everything i am i'm i don't like the sound of that i i don't i'm upset it's not worth getting into there's there's enough like out there about it but like as someone who's read the books i've kind of felt it like going in a totally different direction over the last couple seasons and now i really feel like they're just phoning it in and doing stuff just to get to the ending and it's kind of annoying me but i will say this um i've noticed the male characters are all pretty stupid all of a sudden (laughs) and the female characters are all significantly smarter and i'm not i I don't care about gender somewhat um but like when did all these dudes just become hapless idiots that's that's (laughs) my major that's my major thing like between Jon Snow and Tyrion, you got two giant buffoons just yeah. fumbling around for what seemed like what what has seemed like fifteen episodes now, or less, because last season was less too. So like ten. I don't to know 12. if I straight up agree with with the men versus female thing because Danny's become ridiculously dumb in the last couple episodes and yet, too. Smarter than the other two I mentioned. It's a low bar. It's like, a low bar. Cersei and Sansa are probably the two smartest people. On the whole goddamn show, right? Arya, They're playing 3D chess. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, everyone else. I think like maybe Varys is the only <laughs> smart man in the goddamn using the term Westeros. loosely. I yeah, see. yeah, exactly. And he doesn't yes. even have male parts. Yes, anyway. for, for those who are wondering, obviously the the title of Bannerman has a dual meaning. Bannerman being, you know, the kings at banners and were their dudes, but. Bannerman also being somewhat of a play on game of as Thrones, it's used yeah. in Game of Thrones. So right, that's why. Right, right. All right. We are Is that, All right. So sorry for straying a bit. I don't We've think we spoiled from, anything there. No, no, no. I mean, some people occasionally have told us they like to hear our uh, personal musings. And if there's ever an episode to kind of personally muse, it's one like this where there's not a ton of Kings-related hockey stuff going on. Right, so. right. So you've, if you haven't uh, paused and left the podcast yet right or thought you found a different podcast nope this is the right one or maybe you think we should do a movie slash tv show podcast in the future hey yeah hey drop us a line drop us a line we'll see see what up we'll see what up uh kings 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 last episode we we spoke like uh todd mcclellan being the king's coach was all but a lot Mm -hmm. we were right uh well, it. a lot of people right let me clarify yeah, yeah. it's not like we you know come on uh but our yeah, insiders i think oh, he wait, was we don't have any of those no we do not i think it was the day after or two days after our episode where they made the official announcement on mcclellan i'm not completely sure but it was right after and if you want to hear what we think about this hire you can really get a good idea of it by listening to our last episode yeah uh, we could touch on it briefly we both like it i think for the most part we're both happy with it it's good coach good hockey man as they say mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. we're fine with it we'll see what he does um 
that's pretty much it on the McClellan deal, unless you have something to add. No, I mean, he, he said all the right things in the press conference, all the things you expect him to say. Um, some weird stuff about, you know, I, there's a plan and I buy into the plan and Rob buys into the plan and I hope it so. all kind of, yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, the, the usual vagaries of a, of a new coach hire, I suppose. Um, interesting tidbit. I mean, uh, <laughs> The Kovalchuk conversation somehow always seems to linger, and with him going to the World Championships, uh, some of the Russian reporters kind of came out on Twitter and said that, oh, they'd asked him about what he thinks about McClellan being hired, and initially the response we got was, oh, he doesn't want to think about that right now because he's here playing for the World Championships and not for the Kings, and so it's like, okay, fine. Um, But then like a day later, we hear that he'd reached out to – Evgeny Nabokov and Danny Heatley of all players to kind of ask them about their opinion of McClellan and maybe just get an idea of what his role could potentially be in a McClellan coach team. Um, I inherently found that really funny that, that Ilya Kovalchuk for a couple of reasons is making phone calls to Danny Heatley and Evgeny Nabokov. Um, not the least of which that of all the players that he has ever played with, this is Ilya Kovalchuk we're talking about. He could not think of a single active player in the NHL <laughs> who's ever played for Todd McClellan to actually reach out to and ask his opinion. So he had to reach out to Danny Heatley and yeah. Evgeny Nabokov of all people, two guys who haven't been in the league for when was the last time Heatley played? Four years ago? Oh, it has to be more. At least, right? Yeah, man, at least, at least four years. Yes. So I just – I inherently found that funny to me. <laughs> Last season for Danny Heatley was 14-15. OK. So four years at least. Four years, yeah. Was he – was it with, the, with Minnesota? It was, it was with Anaheim. Remember they signed him. Really? Yeah. he wow. played. He played a whopping six games. Wow. He had no goals, no assists, no points, was a minus three. Called it a career shortly after that. So – Former 50-goal scorer. Two-time 50-goal scorer. Just like Jonathan Chichu. That's right. That's right. Former 100-point guy. Man, did he fall off fast. Man. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. I, I'm guessing Ilya Kovalchuk, he can't be any less happy yeah, than he was last like, season, right? So. Exactly. Exactly. And, and That's really, kind of where I'm at with it. And although there is a lot of talk, he shouldn't be – the main concern of the Kings right now. We got bigger fish to fry oh, yeah. than Kobe. But he should, again, we've always maintained he can be pro, uh, part of the solution rather than the problem. So, um, mm-hmm. Also, Kings related, Nikolai Prokorkin. Mm-hmm. Looks the legend like of. <laughs> he's coming to the Kings. Uh, again, there's been a lot of. He's been hot and cold with coming to North America for what seems like the last five or six years. So it, I don't I don't think the Kings have made it official yet, but the way everyone else is kind of covering it, uh, Mayer specifically and and a few other uh, Russian outlets, it seems right. like it's pretty much a lock that he's coming to the LA Kings. Um, it's hard for me to figure out whether this is something I should be excited about or something I should be neutral about or indifferent. He's 25 years old. He's a left winger, 6'2", 183. F- from all indications and his numbers and all this, seems like a pretty good player. But if you like watch his highlights in the KHL, man, the KHL game is not good. I'm sorry. Dude, it's it is so awful. bad. It's like, awful. I know some people like it, but you can't uh, – to me, there is no direct correlation to someone's performance in the KHL versus the NHL. In fact, I would argue there might be more of a correlation between the AHL and the NHL than there is the KHL and the NHL. I would agree. Um, so he has eight AHL games to his name. And that was a long time ago. He was a kid. Right. I think he was 18, 19. Right. Uh, he only had one assist in eight games. Since then, as he's matured, as he's become a man, so to speak, He's put up some pretty good numbers in the case. He's a point a game this season, um, or was. Last season, he was 33 points in 47 games. A crafty player, no doubt. He has skill. Um, but I 
I'm going to take the wait and see approach before I get excited or whatever, because it's a whole different animal, the NHL. And I, I am curious to see how he does in training camp and preseason. But if, I mean, if I were to guess, I'd guess he starts in the AHL. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. I, I'm trying to look at this from a King's perspective as to why they would still be interested in bringing a guy like this in if they didn't think that he had some sort of a role potentially to play in the NHL or unless they're getting the sense from talking to him that um, he'd be okay with going to the AHL for a little bit and showing that he can actually play there. Cause you know, Vegas went through this last season or early, early the two season. Yeah. Last season um, when they picked up that dude from, from the KHL who was supposed to be like the best player, not in the NHL at that time, his name's completely, blanking on me right now and he played like three games uh shipachev yeah there you go shipachev he was he played like three games he was supposed to be like the tits and then (laughs) yeah he ended up being the shits yeah exactly and then like he got frustrated with his role vegas didn't like the way he was playing next thing you know he's right back to the khl right you know what i mean so i'm curious as to what it is exactly that the kings see in him or what type of projection they have for where he is um in the organization with bringing him in because i agree with you i've i watched the same highlights video probably as you did and i was just like he'd get hit there they wouldn't miss that hit there they'd poke the puck off of him there and he's he's crafty for sure but he's kind of a lanky guy yeah and not exactly like a a fast skater in terms of being able to get away from players you know what i mean he his skating really kind of reminded me a lot of Toffoli where it's like he'll do a couple chops and stuff, but a good skater will catch up to him. So he has to pick his spots and do things quickly. He's not going to be able to hold the puck and dangle and, and do all that. And he's got the size in terms of height, but he's lanky. He does like six to one eighty is not a big dude for trying to do this type of things. He's trying to do right. The one eighty, the one eighty part is concerning. Yeah. So, it's just – it's interesting to me because I agree with you. Just watching how his game is in the KHL, and granted it's a six, seven-minute highlight clip or whatever it is, but I was just watching that and I was like, I don't know how well that's going to translate if you keep trying to bring that to, to the NHL game. I'll be honest with you. You might be playing with more skilled players on your side, but the guys on the other side are better skilled and harder working and are probably going to try to shut you down quite a bit. Right, they're not going to take any shifts off in the NHL. Yeah. Where I think in yeah. the KHL they take plenty of shifts off. Oh man, there were so many like swipes and you know matador right. moves right, and right. Like, like half-ass back checks and yeah. all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, again, it doesn't mean he doesn't have it in him. Maybe he's just playing down or whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, there has to be an adjustment period for him, no matter right. what. He's been in the K for so long. So it is It is going to be interesting. I think the Kings, from a Kings standpoint, I think it's like, hey, this this is our guy. You know, he wants to come. Let's bring him down. I think they're going right. to offer him a one-year deal. Probably. Um, just to see how he does. I think I think I even read that somewhere. So they, if they give him the one-year deal, fine. Let's see what he has. He is an asset at the end of the day. I think from a Kings point of view, there's nothing to lose to so just bring him in and see if they're maybe not – if maybe he can translate and maybe he can add something to a team that's obviously going to be a young team next year. He'll be a, a young player on that team at 25. Um, he's probably around the age where he needs to make an impact right away to stick. Yeah. And for what it's worth, um, you know, rumor was that Toronto and Boston and one other team had actually kind of kicked the tires on, on getting him as well because you know, there was, I guess, some ability to do that to for for another team to pick him up. I guess he was somehow a free agent. Um, I think I'm not sure, but I think had the Kings chosen, had had the Kings not yeah, been interested, like, I think he would have become an unrestricted yeah. free agent, something like that. So, I mean, we'll see. You know what I mean? This is this is just another. To me, though, it's it's another guy that even if he makes it into the NHL, he's kind of projecting to be a third line forward right. two, three at the at most, if he actually becomes what you think he's going to become, which the Kings are pretty well stocked up on right now. It's, it's 
the guys in the higher positions that were not so great on. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of talk about how he and Kovalchuk were on the same team on SKA and the Russian Olympic team. So maybe there is a, a bridge there. I don't, whatever. I've never liked the whole, I, he's Russian. We're Russian. Yeah, we love he's it. Russian. So Kovalchuk <laughs> is automatically his mentor. It's the, yeah. one of the dumbest hockey yeah. cliches, and I read it all the time, and it just <laughs> drives me crazy, man. Right? Like it's, it's just you know if it's we have just a, lazy writing. Yeah, it's like if we have a Swedish player and he's twenty eight or twenty nine, and we have a Swedish rookie, automatically it's like you're his mentor, bro, because right. apparently he can't you know learn anything from anyone else. Right, because that's that's what they tried to pull the storyline that they tried to pull, and I think even Willie Desjardins then used that multiple times as a justification for why he initially put Hagelin with Kempe. You know, he's fast and Swedish. He's fast <laughs> and Swedish. They both have blonde hair. I mean, come on, guys, it's not it's not not calculus here. You know, mm-hmm. like, and so I don't know. Lazy thought process, lazy coaching, lazy writing, in my opinion, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that might be it from a King standpoint. I can't really think of anything else. I can. Uh, oh, please bring it to the table, my friend. It's episode 39, my friend. Oh, it is. It is. Oh, this is not going to be easy. This is not no. going to be easy, easy at all because <laughs> I got one right now off the top of my head. So – for those who are, for whatever reason, deciding to listen to us for the first time in episode 39, traditionally, oh, you we... you have missed a lot. <sighs> Number one, go back and listen to the past 38 episodes. I promise you every single one is a gem. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Number two, what we traditionally do is uh, we pick a player whose episode this is because the episode number corresponds to their jersey number and we play a nice little game here where Gatto taps into his vast uh, knowledge of LA Kings history and tries to guess which player it was by naming off all the players in Kings history who have ever worn the number 39 he's not bad at it I'm not great at it 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 depends on the number right there's some randos in there and by the way uh we didn't start this little game till like i think episode 24 or 25 which means when we roll over and somehow make it past our 100th episode god willing hockey god's willing uh we have 24 more episodes where you could play this game so that's gonna be cool at least um okay so here we go right there's seven guys who have worn seven. the number 39. Seven. Christ. The first one was in 1988. Uh, 1988. Mm-hmm. Is that 88, 89? Uh, I'll confirm. I need, I need to know this. <laughs> or was it 87? I'm holding out on you. Or was it 87, 88? It was 87, 88. Oh, crap. My memory is much better post-Gretzky, just for... <laughs> For I everyone mean, wondering. Fair. Um, fair. Yeah, yeah, don't know, man. No way. Okay. Okay. This is interesting. Uh, it's actually Ken Hammond. Yeah. Uh, or 39 um, in 87-88, but he must have worn a different number when he played in 84-85, 86 and 86-87. <laughs> With the Kings. He, he had three games, three games, and ten games, respectively, in each one of those seasons and must have worn a different number. And then when he finally played 46 games, um, yeah, in 87-88, he wore number 39. Okay. Ken Hammond. Factoid. Moving on. Did not All right. Know. Next. We should make a rule where this, this, these players have to have played, like, a significant number of games. This is I don't, crazy. I, it's, you know what? <laughs> You can you can write a strongly worded letter to Hockey Reference and I'll, I think I'll do that. <laughs> anyway, carry on. You carry on. Oh, I have to guess now. That's right. Well, I got Potvin, obviously. Okay, there's one. Felix the Cat is one of them. Um, this is a tough number. This is a very tough number. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's not really. I mean, I guess it's a goalie number because of Dominic Hasek, and but it's not really a goalie number. Sure. Uh, is Potvin the only goalie? No. Okay. Wow. There's one other. 
what year did this goaltender play? Is it a is it a gimme if you tell me? It might be. Oh crap. Okay. It's post pot fan. It's post pot fan. Yes. And I, I'll put it to you this way. He did not play an insignificant number of games. Okay. So he played a decent number of games. There's probably some people shouting it right now as they listen to this. <laughs> Crap. In fact, oh, not man. not in a positive light either. They're probably putting like... Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> the man, uh, Cloutier. How can I forget? I'm embarrassed at myself. <laughs> Dan Cloutier. Beachball Dan himself. Beachball Dan. Two... Okay. Those <laughs> like, are the goalies. I don't. Uh, I don't even know if that counts as me getting it. You had to kind of feed it to me, but still. That's all right. Dan Kluche. Right. Yeah, Dan Kluche, number thirty-nine. Um, mm-hmm. And so obviously the rest are skaters. Yes. Let me ask you this: Is there anyone past Kluche? Yes. How many? One. <laughs> this is gonna be someone. Okay. Is it Noah Clark? That is one of them. Oh yes. Yes, that, is that one felt of them. good. I'm not going to lie. That was pre-Cloutier, though. <laughs> yeah, that was pre-Cloutier. Okay, Noel Clark, how can I forget from the greater Los Angeles area? That's right, Ham- Los Angeles native <laughs> Noel Clark of the Los Angeles Kings. <laughs> That's right. Boyhood dream, Los Angeles, Los Angeles. Um, okay, you got you to gotta help me out. Give me years. 2017. What? Active skater, now with a different number. I hate these so much. I it's know. not fair. It's not. Is it an active skater for the Kings? Yes. Shit. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I think I know. Okay. Is it Adrian Kempe? It is indeed. Yeah. Juice man himself. 39. That's right. His rookie year. Um, yeah. I don't know if I can do more. It's This is a hard number. because It's not easy. Because if you're talking, did I get everyone after Podman now? Yes. Okay, and the one before. Well, there's two in between Potvan and Ken Hammond. Which one of them is Noah Clark? No. No. Potvan was 2001 to 2003. Noah Clark was 2004 to 2006. There's two players still left before Potvan. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get... It's probably like random, like, Laverty or Lavoie. (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't got it. I don't got it, man. All right. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Oh, Yannick Perot. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. From the ether, he pulls it, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, he was forty-four. <laughs> right, he was number forty-four. This is, that that is highly impressive, friend. But here's the thing: he was forty-four. He was forty-four on the Kings. Yes. Cool, but I remember him wearing thirty-nine. Yes. I am done. For a single season, he wore 39. I I can do no more. Man. Man. You might need to go lie down after that one. (laughs) I need a cigarette. You are breaking a sweat. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Hubie McDonough Ah. is the other. Mm. Mm, Yes. Okay. Um, But thus far, there's only one person that I feel – is worthy of episode 39. It's the Catman's episode, baby. El Gato. El Gato. That's right. Felix the Cat Potvan. Man, what a resurgence with the that Kings was, he what had. What a great trade that was, man. And it was such an under-the-radar trade. And he was pretty much done. When the yeah. Kings acquired him, I remember oh, this. Yeah. He was—I think he was on Vancouver, mm-hmm. and he was not playing well at all, if I remember correctly. And even right after, by, at the time he left the Maple Leafs, well, I shouldn't even say that. Even towards the end of his Maple Leafs career, he wasn't playing much. He was like their backup. Uh, he went to the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Not didn't have great numbers. Terrible, at terrible all. numbers. Awful. Uh, yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. And then in 99-2000, he went to the Canucks. And not good. No. Not good. Just not good all across the board just until average, he came to the really, Kings. Just really average. And in, in the Kings, 2000 and 2001. 
at age 29. He played 23 games and went 13 5 and 5 for the Kings, ultimately leading them to five the five shutouts yeah. in 23 games. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember like it, we got the goaltender and it was just like not exciting. Um it was not exciting at all. Fisse was in net. I remember the Kings weren't great in net when we got him and he was like as soon as we got him he played right away Mm -hmm. it wasn't even a question of like you know let's see how he does in practice first game he was in his full vancouver gear and i remember (laughs) the kings just played him and i'm pretty sure they won that game if i remember correctly i mean the numbers imply that it was likely that they did (laughs) yeah it was i think it was in calgary i just have this memory of this game and and from then on that season, he was outstanding. The following season, he was 31 and 27. The Kings made the playoffs again. Then he kind of fell off. But that two year, especially that one year surge he had with the Kings and in the playoffs, man, it was like his last stand. And and in um, the following season, he was actually in uh, 01 02, he finished seventh in Vesna voting. <laughs> which is pretty pretty Amazing. cool. The last time he ranked so high in Vesna voting was his second year in 92-93 when he was fourth. Yeah. Amazing, Crazy. man. Crazy. Amazing. You want, you know what my lasting memory is of that season was um so at the time we were collecting hockey cards pretty heavily and yes. Yes. there was uh one of my favorite <clears throat> upper deck series was the mass collection that they had for two years yep. where every box came with a mini plastic mask of a different goaltender. Yeah. And the second, the, the second of those two years that it released, the Felix, the pot van mask was one of the masks in the set, which was glorious. Just, just to have a King's goalie actually have their mask be included amongst like the nine or 10 masks that were in that series which yeah. included like Waugh and Belfour and whatnot. Yes. That was that was an amazing, amazing thing to me. I still have it. I, I still have all my masks too. Yeah, that I, was, I it's, still it's, have It's like that, my favorite set ever. It's cool, man. I still have that Potvin mask uh, that I got out of that collection as well. Oh, uh, I think it's 0203 mask yeah. collection. Crazy. Because yep. 0102 um, was like Waugh, Belfour, Jose Theodore, yeah. uh, Curtis Joseph. I mean, the names at that right, time. Right, you right, know what I mean? Like right. these were the guys who Nabokov, actually had masks. I think had a mask. Right. Nabokov. Nabokov was in the second series, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, his – but it was just awesome, man. It was awesome because, you know, you and I have always loved artwork and just design when it comes to jerseys, pads, yes. masks especially have obviously always been like a, a – point of creativity amongst the players and artists and you know Podfan's mask didn't change much through his career it, it, never it was very changed. much it had the same elements right always but the interesting thing was that when he played for the kings he managed to incorporate the crowns as the whiskers on the cat correct on correct. the side correct. and he, I, I thought he, that was just the greatest thing i had ever seen at that he point he always managed to put a little wrinkle of the team on his mask right and and for the record i love love when goalies don't change their masks and it's just like the eddie the eagle mask yeah man for example is just so classic that's his mask it doesn't matter what color it was doesn't matter what team it was you see that mask you know whose mask it was absolutely Um, the same goes for jonathan quick now actually even though he's only played for one team um, he's always had that design. And, and the one time I think he played for the United States, he went with that design again. Right. He just made it like Captain America colors a little bit. Mm-hmm. Still had the same, uh, I think it's like a knight helmet, right? I think that's what he's yes. trying to go for. Yeah. Still had it. I love love when goalies do that. And there have not been a lot of goalies who have done that. Uh, Marty Brodeur has done that. <laughs> Even when he went to St. Louis, he... <laughs> he had like the little (laughs) devil tail or whatever right 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 um so that was cool uh i love i love when goalies can can pull that off and have their kind of their own can you can you think of any other goalie that has had a consistent curtis joseph cujo yeah you're right curtis joseph cujo later in his career right but st louis toronto and detroit it was the same cujo with different team color basically um, but I mean, that's easy, right? That's just, you, you keep the, the, 
the hound and you keep change the color. I think Podfans is unique in the sense that I'm looking at his King's mask right now. And then shortly after that, he went to the Bruins and it's the same theme, but then he changed the the crown to actual bear claws coming off of the side. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's not just the color. It's a little more to it. So I don't know, like that's, uh, yeah, it's just, anyway, again, this is a little bit more of a loose episode. So any chance we have to talk about some of these more interesting things sometimes yeah it's, it's kind of and actually you mentioned jose theodore he also did he really i was trying to think when of he that. went when to he colorado went to Ab- yeah he kept the gargoyles he had these two gargoyles right, coming off the man. side that's right so he kept it too which is cool that's very cool i mean i'm trying to think of which goalies i mean luongo not really he's no luongo to, not, not at yeah all. not at all not at all he's he's not always, at all i think laleem with Marvin Lee, the Martian. There you go with Marvin the Martian, always part of it. Man, I'm looking at Theodore's uh I didn't realize fuck, I forgot that he uh played for the Minnesota Wild and he incorporated the Wild logo into the head of the gargoyle on either side. Man, what a beautiful mask this is. Cuz he's got the and I love Theodore's mask. I've I've always loved Theodore's mask with the two gargoyles and the oh, moon yeah. right in the middle. Just, oh my Look god. Look at that, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> Look at that. And it's like crushing out of a oh, out of like yeah, that's beautiful. an igloo. Yeah. I mean that is that, Oh, I said igloo. Hedberg always had the moose. Oh on yes, it. that's right. That's right. That's also a good one. Good pull, Vardy. Thanks, buddy. The Thanks. For, the forgotten Johan Hedberg. Not forgotten on the Bannerman. No, sir. We remember our elders. (laughs) We respect our elders, too. That's right. But, yeah, those are the ones I can think of right now. Yeah. Dear dear, uh, listeners, all 200 of you, if you can think of more, feel free to shoot us a message. We love this stuff. Absolutely. Uh, Let's talk playoffs, man. (laughs) We can talk playoffs now. I think we've gotten all our cool stuff out of the way. Yeah. So first game of the of the conference finals at this point. Yeah. Um, damn jerks, baby. They're doing it, man. I mean, they lost today. They did. They lost today. They're down one nothing now to the Bruins in the conference finals. But mm-hmm. man, they are they now the bandwagon you're hitching on. Oh, so hard. <laughs> I, I noticed that from your tweet. Because <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't stand the idea of any of these other teams winning. I mean, if I had to pick like a second tolerable one, I guess St. Louis, only because you know they've been a long-standing team. They kind of came into they came into the league the same time the Kings did, and yeah, I feel yeah. like they deserve it. I'm gonna say something controversial. I hate you. I'm do, sorry. What do, I, I jump. <laughs> Do you know okay. what I'm going to – I think you know what I'm going to say. You want San Jose to win, don't you? It's not that I want you... them to win. Hold on. <laughs> Benedict Arnold. Hold on. I would not mind. You should mind. If they won over Boston, Um, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> End. That's it. Over Boston. I'll give you that. If the I'll final give you that. is for some reason San Jose-Boston, I would like San Jose to win. Because I am so sick of the Boston slash New England area having fine. I mean, how many parades can you go to, people? I will give you that. One hundred percent I will give you that. But also fine. But also I think everyone likes Joe Thornton, right? I think everyone at, at the very least or at the very worst respects Joe Thornton. And I'm not crazy about do it for Jumbo, but if it's Boston versus San Jose, do it for Jumbo. Plus, it'll uh, it'll be the Thornton Bowl. That would be the Thornton Bowl. Which would be cool. I would say that um, I feel for Joe Thornton as a person because I feel like he's been shortchanged his entire career. Right. I feel like he's one of these guys who somehow – has put up extraordinary numbers, consistently been like an all-star caliber player, and yet has somehow succeeded in being underrated a lot of times. He had he had his seasons for sure. Don't question. I mean, he went on Art Ross and everything. But if I'm remembering correctly, he didn't even make the cutoff for the top 100 players, did he? 
I, uh, I'm not sure. I don't think he did. Yeah. Which is which stupid. Is, which is insane to me. That's because he so hasn't won stupid. a cup. How do you put Jonathan Taves in there over him? I, I distinctly remember him being one of the ones because it was just like, really? Yeah. He's not one of the top 100. I he's just not. Checked. He's not, right? No. He's not. But I'm, his numbers are phenomenal. He's a Hall of Famer. I don't think. Easily. There's not even a freaking question um, about that. I'm trying to see where he's going to land on all-time points because it's not going to be very low on that list. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, he's he's got 1,478 points in 1,566 games played. Right. It's right. phenomenal. He's got 1,000 assists. He is 16th all-time in points right now. Not good enough to be the top 100 player. He is ahead of – all these guys are on, in the top 100. Brian Trotche, Adam Oates, Doug Gilmore, Dale Howarchuk, Yari Curry, Luke Robitaille, Brett Hull, Mike Modano, Johnny Busick. If you if you disregard his first two seasons in the league, yeah, where he had seven points in the first fifty five games played, and everyone was like, "What a bust this guy is," you know? Yeah, he has been a point a game player his entire career. Since being traded to San Jose, he's got a thousand twenty four points in thousand thirty four games. It's phenomenal, and it's just. I'm I'm always always of the mindset, and maybe this is just because always having been a Kings fan, you feel like the players who've played for the Kings don't get the respect that they should have because they played for the Kings. We always talk about Dion never never getting the respect that he probably should get because he never managed to win a championship and whatnot. Um, I feel like Thornton was kind of run out of Boston and found a home in San Jose, and you know, was very happy there. And from everything I've seen from any video interview or anything like that, he's, he's a good natured guy. Who's really loved playing hockey there and just somehow still gets overlooked despite everything he does. And so in the similar sense of maybe like when Ovechkin won last year, you just felt like good for that guy. Fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. And maybe in that same sense, obviously he's not that far along in his career and he'll have other chances, but everything that that Carlson has gone through, that Eric Carlson has gone through between playing for Ottawa, his own family troubles with losing his kid and everything, kind of signing this like one-year deal, well not, I mean being traded to San Jose basically and like having one shot at doing it, if they pull it off for him too from like an individual player standpoint – fine i can i can live with that yeah it's just the idea of san jose having a cup that just <laughs> i get it i get it buddy just, so yeah we'll we'll revisit this when he gets when he's a first ballot hall of famer right um but as it stands right now if i had to root for a team to come out of the west i'll make it st louis only because that would be an interesting story to go from being Last place in December. They literally were last place in the week. It's kind of crazy. You know, what was interesting was uh, I saw – I forget now. It was somewhere amongst the billions of hockey tweets that I I sorted through. But um, I think it was from NHL Network or someone on there basically saying like if you sorted out the teams based on their performance from January 1st on, um, the top eight teams all made the playoffs and – Four out of those eight were in the conference finals or something like that. There you go. It's very interesting because typically, and we you know, we said this as well, American Thanksgiving has kind of been the cutoff where you're like, if you're not in, you're not getting in kind of thing. And here's St. Louis doing that. And Dallas, as we tweeted, and granted they're eliminated now, but I mean, they're, you know, their CEO and whatnot came out and called out Ben and Sagan for playing, you know, terrible hockey at the time. And both teams made it and went the distance in terms of one another. So it's it's interesting. And you wonder whether this is kind of a new paradigm for the NHL or if this is a, a one-off event. I think historically it's always about how you finish and not how you start, right? I mean, if, to some extent. Look at the Kings from, I guess, last year, well, now two seasons ago. Yeah. They started off 
great, but they tailed off in the playoffs. We know what happened against mm-hmm. Vegas. And and we've always said, like, be good when it matters, when it's the right time. And although, like, Columbus is now eliminated, we thought they might be turning it on at the right time and all this. Um, yeah, it's – I don't think – I don't know if it's a new thing, to tell you the truth. I really mm-hmm. don't. I mean, t- to be out in uh, December – not out, sorry, to be dead last in December and be in the conference finals, that's a new thing. I think yeah. that's that's pretty. I don't unique. think that's that has happened a lot. I don't know if it'll happen a lot again or if it'll happen ever again. But it's interesting. Um, the second round really heated up towards the end. It was kind of not like the first round with like that crazy Vegas Sharks game with that awful five minute major call that ends up uh, yeah costing the Knights the game. Although you'd like to see them. <laughs> <laughs> not left four goals on a freaking power play. I mean, you could you could call you could criticize that either way. You know what I mean? I think both are fair. Both yeah. criticisms are extremely Agreed. fair. Agreed. Um, I, I didn't like I, I I didn't like Columbus losing. Obviously, I was kind of pulling for them, um, but Boston's clearly outmatched them in that series. I think for the most part, they outplayed them. But yeah, man, it's crazy to think that one of these four teams is going to win the cup it is it's very impressive i mean three three of those teams haven't won in a long time Mm -hmm. two of those teams have never won so the like someone out of the west has a chance to win the cup for the first time in their history yeah and although the blues have been around significantly longer than the sharks the sharks have now been around for a very long time yeah uh so I think, man, I'd love to see Carolina win just because of the whole narrative this season about them and Brian Burke lamenting their post-game celebrations and all this. Don Cherry, I think. And Don Cherry, both. Brian Burke was very oh, critical. Brian Burke was on it too. Very yeah. critical, calling it like Bush League and. Terrific. Yeah, like actually like kids and yeah, exactly. Uh, so he was, for that reason, I would like to see Carolina win, but I'd like to see one of these West teams win too, man, because. I yeah St. Louis man's 1967 they came in with the Kings you that's, know that's really it they came in at the same time as the Kings did the, uh, funny I funny or sad depending on how you look at it, the Blues made the Stanley Cup final the first three years of their existence yeah and all three times they got swept in fact they were memorialized by the most infamous photo of Bobby Orever yeah they lost to the Bruins and the Canadians, I think, one of those teams twice. But the way they had stacked up the conferences, essentially, it was like the best of the expansion teams were going to go to the final. Yeah. So that's how St. Louis made it to the final three straight years. I think Scotty Bowman led them each time, by the way. Uh, <laughs> since then, they have not been to a Stanley Cup final. That's a long time. <laughs> uh since then they have not won a conference championship that's crazy man which is which is nuts because they had the longest running streak for for making it to the playoffs as for as an NHL team up until you know within the last decade yeah 26 I think it was like straight? 26 years yeah 26, 26 years in a row Good they made it to the playoffs too, yeah and some hall of fame players on those teams yeah never made it to the final crazy We'll see what happens, man. Uh, it's gonna, it, it's kind of flying by pretty quickly. I mean, we're already in the conference final, one game in the books. Right. Before right. you know it, the cup will be awarded, and before you know it, it'll be draft time, baby. It's the most wonderful time of the off season. Especially if you're not in the playoffs, it's a really wonderful time. Which we are used to. And we will have a draft episode sooner than later, I mm-hmm. assume. Um, We'll break down who we who the Kings could possibly draft. We touched on it last episode a little bit, but we'll go in depth. Um, and we're excited about it, as we always are. And then free agency is fun, although it might not involve the Kings at all this season. It's always a fun time. By the way, to confirm now, because the conference finals have been set, the Kings pick from Toronto will be 22nd overall. Cool. For what it's worth. <laughs> uh, hopefully it'll be worth something. Yeah, so the Kings will pick 5th, 22nd, and 33rd. Uh, Talk about the Kings moving down. Have you read any of this? 
I've 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 heard some murmurs. Um, I think a lot of that's going to be dependent on who they target and yeah. whether that player is available. I think it's if it if that does happen, it's going to happen at the draft table. Of course, as and it no, usually no does. Sooner. Moving and down no usually happens at the draft yeah. table. So yeah. So that's it for us, ladies and gentlemen, our loyal listeners, our good friends. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. This has been episode thirty nine. Next episode is big episode 40. We did it. Who would have thunk it? We might throw a party if we make it to 50. <laughs> we will make it to 50. It's not an <laughs> if at this point. Follow us on Twitter at the Bannerman Pod. Drop us an email at thebannermanpod at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on all your podcast listening gadgets. We'll be back sooner than we were back this time. That's for sure. Yes, indeed. Sayonara, my good friend. You've been listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast.